Good morning, beautiful people of King's Church, and a special welcome to anyone who is joining us today. My name is Tunji. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at King's Church, and I'm black. Um, that sounds like stating the obvious. Um, I said that because today I'll be touching on something that has to do with accepting one another. Um, this is the third installment in our new preaching series, One Another, and today I'll be preaching on accepting and forgiving one another. Um, just before I jump right in, I would just like to say a quick word of prayer. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to listen to your word, and thanks for the privilege to speak for you. I ask of you this morning that as I speak your word, that it will bring life, it will bring strength and encouragement to everyone who is listening right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so um, if you want to come with me to Ephesians and chapter 2, and I'll just read from verse 11 to 21. Ephesians chapter 2, 11 to 21. Therefore, remember that formerly you were you are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who are called who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What a wonderful passage of scripture. So the first thing I want to quickly point our attention to from this passage is the fact that God loves diversity. And I'm just going to take out a very short journey and then we'll come back to this passage. You see, God loves diversity. In his very being, he is diverse. You know, he's triunity, what we call trinity. He's three distant persons in one God. Same, equal in essence and harmonious in purpose. And so we see that God loves diversity in his creation. From the very beginning, God 
establish diversity. You know, in the account of Genesis and chapter 1, where God made the heavens and the earth, we see diversity right there. You know, he made the heavens and the earth. He made the seas with all kind of creatures, all kind of animals to live in them. He made the land with all kinds of creatures. You see, one refrain that you constantly see in the book of Genesis and chapter 1 is everything after its kind. And so God even made some animals and plants to live and to survive on both land and the sea. And then God made, you know, night and day. Just imagine having it all day or having it all night. Now God put a mix there and there was morning and there was evening. There was evening and there was morning. It created the seasons, you know, autumn, winter, summer. Imagine if it's just all winter. I know some of us won't like that. Definitely not. Now, God puts, you know, variety in his creation. And then he made humans. And when God was going to make humans, he didn't just make humans as male or man. He made man and woman and he created them with different kind of giftings and talents and uniqueness. And so from the very beginning, we see that God is a God of diversity. God loves diversity. You see, God's intention in creating his, in, in, in creating the world in such diverse way is for beauty and synergy. The intention of God is that the whole of creation will work together in such a beautiful harmony under his headship. But then the fall happened. The fall happened and man, you know, as it were, rebelled against God. And it became straight away about the survival of the fittest. Straight away we see in the book of Genesis and chapter 3, man blamed his wife Eve for the fall. And then the woman blamed the serpent for the fall. You know, and straight away we see Cain kill his brother Abel. And so the, it, the plan of God as it were and his intention in creating the world as divers became mad. But then God, because of his love for his creation and his love to see us, even though different, walk together and live together in harmony under himself and with one another. And that's one thing you quickly see in the fall. That not just that man was estranged from God, but the fall and the estrangement of man from God, as it were, became and resulted in the estrangement of man from man from man, from woman, and from the whole of creation. So God embarked on a rescue mission. You see, God in rescuing and reconciling all things to himself, decided to use a nation. He decided to reconcile the world to himself through a group of people. You know, he called the man Abraham, and through him, you know, the nation of Israel came, and the intention of the Father was to reconcile the whole world to himself through this family. You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, Scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, saying to him, 
all nations will be blessed through you. And so when God called this man Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, his intention was to reconcile the world to himself through the family of Abraham. Eventually, our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, was going to come through the tribe of Israel. And, you know, Paul, Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 of verse 16 picks up on this idea. He writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Unfortunately, the Jews misunderstood God's idea of salvation. They read Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 as the gospel is for the Jews only. So they held on to it. They over the years then developed this complex against all nations of the world. They became hostile. They despised other nations. They missed the point. God's point was to reconcile not just Jews, but the whole world. And so we have this massive divide be, between the whole of creation, as it were, it was as though there was just two groups of people, there were just two races, Jews and then the rest of the world. And that brings us back to Ephesians and chapter 2, and that's what we just read. And so in the gospel, God reconciles not just the Jews, not just a group of people, but the whole world. To himself. And so Jesus came on the scene and tried to set things straight to bring the Jews back to a realization that the intention of the Father was not just for them, but for the whole of humanity. And so God brings this diversity into play again in salvation by calling us from all nations, from all tribes, from all backgrounds, from all group of people. He saved us. He called us as diverse as we are. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Paul writes, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. And so God, it goes on to say, God chose the weakness of the world to confine the strong and all of that. You see, God called us from different backgrounds. I'm African. You're white. You are Asian. But God in his mind, in his love for diversity, decides not to just save a group of people, but the whole of humanity. And then he calls us the body. He gifts us differently. Oh, he gives some pastor. He gives some evangelist. He gives some prophet. He gives some the gift of encouragement. He puts us in the body. I love the expression, the analogy, the body. Because it suggests that it's made of many parts. So we are members of one another. The part does not make the body. Or should I say, one singular part is not the body. It takes different parts to be the body. And without a part, the body is not complete. And so the part of the body that is severed from the rest of the body is also cut off from nourishment when it's outside of the body. So it's such a beautiful picture of how we all come together, even though diverse. The hand is different from the leg. The nose is different from the ears. But they all work together to be the body. And that is the plan. That is the mind of the Father. You see, in Christ Jesus, God, 
decided to get rid of all divisions. You know, we read in that Ephesians in chapter 2, so the Jews, as it were, had this superiority complex. They despised the Gentiles. The Gentiles had this, you know, contempt for the Jews as well. There was this, there was this barrier. There was this separation. There was this hostility, age long. But then Bible tells us that Jesus is our peace. He is the one who came and broke down the barrier such that it doesn't matter anymore who I am. It doesn't matter whether I'm a Jew or I'm a Gentile. It doesn't matter whether I'm bond or free. It doesn't matter whether I'm rich or poor. In Christ Jesus, every barrier, every division is broken down. Look at what Paul says to us in Galatians. Galatians in chapter 3. Bible says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. I believe this is verse um, 23. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one. In Christ Jesus. How beautiful is that? In Christ Jesus, the wall is broken down. You see, many times in the Bible, we, we read and see this expression, brothers. You know, the older versions, we call it brethren. And the more recent versions, we, we render it as brothers and sisters. Did you know that that word from the original is the word Adolphus? Which means born from the same womb. Wow. You and I are born from the same womb because we are born again. The wall of separation is broken down in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we must accept one another. Even though we are different. Even though we are diverse. In Christ Jesus, we are one. And because of that oneness that we share in Christ Jesus, it shouldn't matter whether I attend within shore or central or I'm part of Sweden's side. In Christ Jesus, we are one. We are brothers and sisters. We are one family. We are born from the same womb. You see, Romans chapter 15 and verse 7 tells us, says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another, just as Christ accepts you. You see, it is true that because we are diverse and different, we will step on each other's toes. We will wind each other up. And we do that all the time. He said, the most spiritual of us is still a man. And so we are fallible. We make mistakes. We, we, we offend one another. And so God calls us, knowing that we are different into one family. And knowing that because of our differences, we, we offend ourselves. But then he calls us to bear with one another. He calls us to forgive one another. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, in Colossians 3 and verse 13, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord 
forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, I want to encourage us this morning, even as I've been speaking about the need to accept one another and to forgive one another. If there is anyone in the body of Christ, in the church family that you, you think you've offended or that you think has offended you, you know, just like the challenge um, Josh gave us last week. I want to challenge us. Why don't you, in the course of this week, make a decision, take a step to work out reconciliation with this person. Make the effort to seek and to give forgiveness. We are not saying that you should pretend that you've not been offended. I'm not suggesting that you should ignore the offense or the hurt. But the biblical idea we have of forgiveness is that I accept that I've been offended, but I choose to let go of the hurt and every feeling to want to punish the offender. And so because we are the body, because we are one, let us walk together. Let us forgive one another. Let us bear with one another's differences. I'll just finish by reading this scripture to us. Ephesians and chapter 4, verse 1 to six. Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There is one Lord and one faith and one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in you all. God bless you as you walk together, as we accept one another and forgive one another. I want to thank you for your attention. 